0: All right, y'all. Good evening. You're truly Dr. Barry. We are going to be talking about a great conversation today. I was able to be able to mix some sports in the medicine talk, which is something I love to do anytime I get a chance to talk about some football, especially college football. Go Knowles. I want to make sure we establish that very early. Go Knowles. Anytime we get to talk about some football as well as some medicine, I'm all here for it. I'm going to be talking about Deion Sanders, right? Who, if you don't not know, let's say you don't know, who, guess which college he's an alumni of. That is correct. Florida State University is probably, uh, maybe top two, top three cornerback, depending on when you're talking to, as far as the NFL is concerned. Former Jackson State College uh, football coach, currently the Colorado, I don't even know what they call them. Uh, football coach, because you know it's all about Florida State right now. Um, but he had some medical issues, right? He had some medical issues uh, that was plaguing him, that's been plaguing him since the Jackson State days. Uh, but as you can see from the uh, title, came to a head to the point where I was seeing a discussion. It's always funny. Uh, let me let me just side by right quick. It's always funny when I see like people are shocked that the term stat in the hospital doesn't really happen fast. And then on the other side, when I see people talk about, you know, emergent surgery scheduled for two days later, right? It, th- those terms just don't match um, as well as when people say, oh, the person's in a coma. And you kind of like, are they in a coma or are they just sedated medically, right? But I just know that's kind of a, you know, inside out thing, right? When you're, when you're inside, you know the terminology. When you're not inside, you know, you kind of say what's normal, right? But we're going to be talking about Deion Sanders, right? So he had to go, again, I'll, I'm going to put in quotation marks. I don't want to put in quotation marks because, uh, you know, I don't want to delittle it, right? But, you know, he had to have emergent surgery right, to get these blood clots taken care of, right? And you're asking yourself, all right, why did he have to get blood clots taken care of, right? So we're not aware of the initial origin of the blood clots. Like, we don't know when they first came about. But what we do know is that this is something that has been dealing with for years, and it got to the point where you needed surgery, right? So we're going to talk about just DBTs in general, What what are they? What what's the what's the causes, right? And how did he get to the point that he probably had one of the more severe complications of a DVT? Like that's going to be our discussion today, um, from from that perspective, right? Like I said, we're going to talk talk a little football, uh, but more importantly, get our medicine on, and then you know we'll just answer questions uh, that you may have like throughout the day. So Deion Sanders, right? We're talking about the DVT, right? So he had emergency blood clots, right? So essentially. Doctors had to go in and physically remove clots that were in his legs. And why did they have to do that? For something that we know of as PTS, right? For post-thrombotic syndrome. Because you can have blood clots in the legs. And I could tell you the, the typical way we treat blood clots in the legs, is we give patients uh, blood thinners, right? You heard them before. We don't got to say their names. Why? Because, you know, they cut me a check anyway, so we're not going to say their brain names, right? But there are blood thinner medications that you can be on to not necessarily, Again, I want, I want to make sure I clarify this, and I usually have to clarify this for my patients. When I put you on a blood thinner medication, I'm not putting you on that blood thinner medication to break up the clot. No, I'm not doing that. I'm putting you on a blood thinner medication to make sure that your body doesn't keep producing clots while your body is going to work on the clot. And this is something I always have to educate my uh, patients or just patients who come in the hospital. That when you get a blood clot, right? When you get a blood clot, your body's going to break it down. But the problem is, is that once you have one clot, your body says, Oh, oh no, there's this clot here. We need to do something about it. And then it does something that uh, you know, causes, you know, let's say, well, I'll just I'll break it down layman's terms. It's gonna sell cells, it's gonna send signals to the body, say, hey, something's going on over there. Try to try to attack it. But in doing so, it actually makes you more susceptible to developing more clots. So then people like me have to come in and say, Hey, you know what? This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna give your body medication that won't allow you to keep producing clots while your body says, you know what, let me break down that clot. Now, this is not a fast process. Again, Deion Sanders has been dealing with this for years. This is not a fast process. This is a process that takes some time. Uh, usually, I tell my patients about three to six months, usually three to six months for your body to break it down. But while it's breaking down, if you're on a blood thinner, you don't have to worry about it. But of course, in Dion's case, he had to worry about it because it caused us problems, right? So let's let's answer some questions. Oh uh, yeah, that, I see some of, some people ask uh, that eloquence is definitely one of them. Um, oh, <laughs> we got someone says so you got the vaccine then, right? And this let's let's highlight this, right? Because again, you know, <laughs> you know what you know what we like to do, right? We like to highlight people who are uninformed on my channel. If you have never came across any of my lives, uh, we love to do it. This is, not, this is something that we go towards highlighting the uninformed, right? So here's a situation. his insinuation is that Dion developed clots because he got the vaccine. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Guess what disease puts you at a high risk for developing blood clots in the legs, blood clots in the lungs? Let's guess it, right? It starts with a C. Guess what? There's a vaccine for this disease that starts with a C. Guess what? The risk of developing a clot is almost uh, 10 to 20 times higher if you have the disease versus having said vaccine. Right. You guess it. COVID-19. Right. But anti-vaxxers will have you believe that the vaccine is the boogeyman in this case and not the actual disease. So I'm glad we got to able to highlight that idiot, uh, idiot uh, and then keep it moving. Right. So someone says, um, Let's see here. Can we get someone with an MD in here? Uh, I don't know if there's any MDs in here, but tag them if you can. Uh, Yes, I've been through this before. Yes, MJ says they definitely be. And again, this is not an uncommon phenomena. Dealing with blood clots is not an uncommon phenomena. Um, Like I said, I take care of patients all the time with it, right? To the point where it doesn't even like, oh, you got blood clots? Okay, cool, right? But when you get to the point where Dion was at, Where you have what again? We call post thrombotic syndrome, where now this blood clot is so significant that I have to do something surgical to get that blood clot out of there. Then, then it's a month, right? Uh, Let me see. Someone's asked. Um, go to the next question before before we start. Uh, What kind of doctor you? I'm an internist and a hospitalist physician. Uh, And for those who may not know what internist is, that means I essentially. The way I tell my patients is I specialize in the internal organs of the body, right? I don't have a specific specialty, right? Like cardiology, gastroenterology, pulmonology, uh, endocrinology. I don't have a specific one. I just kind of focus on them in general, which makes it great because then I can touch on so many different points because I have to be aware of all of those points, uh, so, but yeah, thank you for the question. Uh, does baby aspirin help prevent clotting? So this is, a, oh, this is a very good question. And I wish my surgeon friends uh, were on the call. Right. So does baby aspirin help prevent clotting? Now, let me tell you, surgeons. Right. And again, I'm not bad mouthing them. They'll they'll tell you themselves. Surgeons hate, 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 hate blood thinner medications. Like someone mentioned Eliquis, Pradaxa, Zerol, like they hate them right? Because it, it could possibly mess up their surgery, cause problems with their surgery. If a patient needs to go to surgery and you're on any of those medications, guess what? You have to stop the them. Medic- Surgeons hate blood thinner medications. To the point where there have been studies uh, that have shown that post, because what happens is post-operatively, after you have an operation, you are at a very high risk for developing a blood clot. Now, because we know this, we used to put patients on blood dinner like, hey, let me just protect you from getting a blood clot since you just had a surgery and maybe you're not going to be mobile and whatnot. But the surgeons hated so much that they did studies on their own. Again, a shout out to my surgeon, especially my orthopedic surgeons, uh, where they looked and seen, hey, you know what? We can get away with giving patients baby aspirin twice a day, usually for about four to six weeks. And avoid having to give the eloquence, right? Because there are always fears, like, man, if I have to go and do some type of surgery after the surgery, quickly, I have to wait because you got my patient on the blood thinner. They hate doing it, right? So, um, so does aspirin? Maybe aspirin help prevent clotting in some cases. In some cases, it is works extremely well because when I talked about that process of your body sending, you know, the cells out to kind of investigate, aspirin helps. Where when those cells go out, they don't clump together. Aspirin does a very good job at that. So your surgeons love using aspirin, especially for the preventative aspect of developing clots. Now, if you have the clot, like if if it if that the ship has already sailed and you have that clot, you're not using aspirin. Aspirin, get aspirin up out of there, right? This is when you start using those uh, brand name medications uh, for for sure. Uh, let's see. Make sure we make sure we don't miss everything all right okay that's uh, so, all right so i uh, will pause well, make fun of them. <laughs> yeah we uh, we like to make fun of people who are in the forum uh, no 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 uh oh, th- oh this is a good question let's let's highlight tony real quick right because yeah tony says being skeptical of the vaccine doesn't make you idiot. no right but saying something like oh this person developed a blood clot it must have been a vaccine makes you the idiot Hope, 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 we got that, uh, hope we got that clarified. Yeah, you could be concerned about a vaccine for reasons to be concerned about. Blood clots is not one of them, right? If you're concerned about blood clots, you should be concerned about the disease. This is, this is, this is the step that those who are concerned about the vaccine typically continue to miss. If you are so concerned about blood clots, then you should be afraid of the disease. You're not sh- you shouldn't be afraid of the vaccine, right? You should be afraid of said disease. But for some reason, those who are so concerned about blood clots and want to pin it on the vaccine keep skipping over the fact that the disease causes uh, blood clots at a significant rate. It's not even close. It's not even like neck and neck. Significant rate. Right? So that, that's that's what we tell the people, right? If you're concerned about the vaccines, all right, give me your reason for being screamed by a vaccine. Uh, but you should, I mean, you should be definitely afraid uh, of disease if that's the case there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Kristen said. Christina says, well, my husband just died of pulmonary embolism. Uh, yeah, this, this, is, this is not a, and, and again, and we talked about, compl- we're talking about DVTs and we're going to talk about Deion Sanders. Uh, a DVT is not a benign issue, right? Having a DVT, which is a deep vein thrombosis, which essentially is a clot, in the venous system of your body is, and it can ha- it can happen a lot of times we hear about it in the legs, but it can happen in the arms as well. Very common to happen in the arms, especially if you have any IVs that are in the arms. But it's not a benign issue, right? It's something that we have to be very wary of. In fact, if you do a Google search for a DVT and um, a lawsuit, right? There's a whole bunch of lawyers that are going to pop up, right? It's not something you want to miss. Right, and one of the complications we talking about Dion with post thrombotic syndrome, aka cutting off the blood flow to the extremities, but a PE, which is a pulmonary embolism, meaning essentially is a blood clot that has traveled through the venous system and um, got essentially stuck in the uh, pulmonary system, making you have a terrible way of oxygenation, and you can pass away. You can pass away very quickly. So, uh, you know, sorry for your loss, Christina. Hey, how's it going? Uh, shout out to my uh I think I think this is Moderna Mafia. One of my Moderna Mafia followers. Uh, for those that know, she got her second Bivalent booster. No clots, right? Yeah, because like I said, it's again, the the people again, I, I I'm I'm good for having an honest conversation. If you're worried about clots Yes, you should be definitely worried about clots. Now, let's talk about this disease that we know causes clots through the wazoo. Let's talk about the disease called COVID. They never want to talk about it. They only want to talk about it in reference to the vaccine, which, again, makes zero sense in the world. Now, let's (laughs) say prime time, then trick the bus, right? We can have a whole conversation on uh, Colorado in their uh, season this year. Uh, but it, it's gonna be <laughs> it's too funny uh, so uh, James says what kind of surgery not every surgery I'm not sure which I'm not sure if if you're asking what type of surgery he likely had or what type of surgery you could use aspirin for preventing blood clots but typically the surgery for preventing blood clots typically a lot of the orthopedics will use that a lot of orthopedic doctors especially when they do hips um, and knees uh, will do that. Now, I don't, I don't say all, but some of them do. If you're asking what type of surgery Dion had, he likely had what we call um, an angioplasty, which essentially is you go into the vessel, go into the, again, this is specialized stuff. You go into the vessel and you break up the clot there, or sometimes you go in there and you snatch it out, right? Like that can happen as well too, right? And it, it may seem like foreign, but when patients have a heart attack, uh, the interventional cardiologist can go inside the, the the arteries of the heart and suck out clots as well. So it's that same kind of premise uh, from, from that perspective there. Well, let's see here. Uh, someone said, what's the major signs of a blood clot? Very good question. So when we talk about the blood clot, a lot of times there isn't any. A lot of times there is no sign that you have the blood clot until it gets progressive. And when it gets progressive, one of the more common things especially for any of my pre-med med students may hop on is they complain of leg swelling like oh I you know my 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 calf is swollen right my calf is bigger my calf is a little bit tender and that's when the clot is getting so big that it's starting to cut off a little bit of blood flow and then you can kind of see it so whenever and usually it's we're, we're all in medicine we're all about getting a good history I had a doc, my attending physician would always tell me that you can run a million tests, get a million lab results, but if you take a great history and physical, you'll likely get your answer 80 to 90% of the time. So, from a medicine perspective, questions I'm asking are hey, have you had any recent travel? Have you had it, which would cause you to be. Sedentary for a long period of time. When I say long period of time, I'm talking like four to six hours. Usually a pretty long time. Not like you went down uh, the street or you you know you went and got in your car. You drove for about thirty minutes to an hour. Like usually a long period of time uh, from from that perspective. There, um, I'm, I'm asking questions like, "Hey, have you had any surgery? Right? Like, have you had any surgery? Because we know surgery can put you at risk for getting a blood clot. Have you had any IVs or anything that foreign objects?" That were in your vessels that may cause you to be at risk for having blood clot. We do know that there are certain disease processes, especially when we talk about autoimmune disease, cancer, um, that can put you COVID, uh, that can put you at an increased risk for developing blood clot. So a lot of it is just kind of historical information, trying to figure out okay where does this person lie, and then when we're trying to diagnose it, usually the quickest is an ultrasound. Uh, you know, shout out to my radiology text. And my radiologist, right? They do an ultrasound, and a radiologist, especially my radiologist techs, they're great. For those that don't know, radiologist techs, they're amazing. Um, they can actually do an ultrasound, see how the blood flow is, see how the venous veins are, and so they can do the arterial side too. But we're talking about venous DVTs right now. See how that goes, and then see like, oh yeah, blood clots right there. Like they, they're just that good uh, from that perspective, right? So that's typically the presentation that someone's gonna come into your office or go to the hospital for. Um, Christina, you know, again, rest in peace to her uh, husband, uh, talked about a blood clot in the uh, lungs, right? Pulmonary embolism, acutely short of breath, chest pain, chest discomfort. Um, typically, your heart rate is racing because if the blood clot is massive enough in the lung, it can actually cause strain to the heart. Um, so those are just kind of kind of si- telltale signs that we typically look for when we have to put a, a DVT or even worse, a PE at the front of our um, brain, right? So, when we talk about Dion, Dion has been dealing with this issue for quite some time. So again, since he's been at Jackson State, he's been talking about it. And if you if you guys know Dion or watch him, um, you know he's been in the cane, he's had type of surgeries before, right? So he's been at risk. And again, I don't know what Dion's medical history is. I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's a diabetic. I don't know if he's, I don't know what his medical history is, but we just we like I said we just have to kind of deal with what we know. Right? We know that yes, he's had the blood clots. Um, most likely he was on blood thinner medications. Because some, some may be asking, well, if he had these blood clots before, why didn't they just do the surgery before? And it's because typically, when you have a blood clot, medic, medicine is good enough, right? Typically, medicine is good enough to treat it. And again, when we say treat it, we're treating it to make sure you don't develop any more blood clots while your body breaks it down. But you do run into a case where if you have a significant amount A burden from the blood clot, guess what? Like I gotta go in there and do something else. Right? Because our eloquences of the world, our Zeraltas of the world, the pradaxas of the world, they are they don't break up the clot. And you may need a medication that goes in there and actually breaks up the clot. Right? We have medications for that as well too. We use it a lot for our stroke patients. Or if you have a stroke and remember when we think about when we think about clotting, just clotting in general. It's, it's called different things um, depending on the system that's affected, right? If I have a clot in the venous system in the leg, it is a DVT. If I have a clot in my heart, guess what? I might be having a heart attack. If I have a clot in my brain, guess what? I'm having a stroke, right? But a lot of it is clot, clot, clot. A lot of it is just kind of that process of clot and then lack of blood flow, right? That, that is how it follows, right? So you have, again, Dion who had clot in the legs, And I have to assume, like I said, we're just assuming here, right? You know, we we don't know Dion's medical history. There's no HIPAA violation right here. I'm just looking from afar, right? I'm an internist, hospital physician. I do this, right? So I'm just looking from afar. Oh, yeah, Dion's probably had been on some type of blood thinner for quite some time. He travels a lot as well, too. He's probably had surgery. He's probably had injuries. We don't know what, you know, we don't know what led him to get the clot in the first place, but he has it. And he was getting treated and they were hoping that conservative therapy, which is, again, the medication, would be enough where he didn't need any problems. But Dion, what Dion kind of mentioned in this article and, you know, I suggest you Google it if you want. What he kind of mentioned is the fact that he was having increasing pain, increasing discomfort in his legs. Right. And again, that's that telltale sign that, hey, this clot is becoming such a problem that now blood flow is being affected. Like that's what it happens. This clot is becoming such a problem now. Now it's affecting the blood flow, and if it's affecting the blood flow, all right, we got to do something different, right? And and that's where and that's where the, the sudden surgery uh, typically comes in that uh, from from that perspective there. All right, let's, let's see. Make sure we're not okay, let's, let's get around to the questions again. Yes, shout out to the text. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I want to make sure we don't. Uh, oh, oh, uh, so, uh, James! Uh, James came back and said, "You said surgery causes clot. Yes. So the act of having surgery puts you at an increase for having a clot. Just that act of having the surgery, right? And one. So when we're when we're doing our history, and we're asking our questions, one of our questions is, have you had surgery recently?'" And when and I mean gallbladder taken out. Uh, ankle fracture repaired, hip replaced, um, whatever. Have you had s- blank surgery recently? Because the type of surgery doesn't matter in terms of like, oh, this surgery puts you at a much higher increased risk for blood clots than that one. Like, so that um, for us doesn't really matter. Like, I don't care if you had a hip done, your ankles done. I don't care they took your gallbladder out. I don't t- care if they took your ovaries out. Doesn't matter to me. If you had surgery... I have to start thinking like, oh, let me make sure that I get. Because like I said, if you do DVT and lawyers, a whole bunch of people pull up on Google. Let me make sure one of those people don't call me. right? <laughs> right. I'm going to clear myself so make sure one of those uh, law people don't call me because I miss the DVT and you because I miss the DVT and you. And guess what? Complications, uh, you know, uh, you know, can, can come around. So uh, definitely, it's not a specific surgery that we are looking for. It's just that all we know, all surgeries um, play a factor to it. Oh okay. sure. Let's see here. Oh, this is a good one, too. Um, pregnancy, right? Uh, her daughter, uh, Robin, uh, had clots during pregnancy. I hope she's doing well. And this this just reminds me of a very sad story. Very sad story. So I was a first-year medical student going to second year. And one of our classmates, um, rest in peace, one of our classmates was pregnant. And she was pregnant. Um, we went on a mission trip. We had a great time in the mission trip. Again, travel. We flew Great time of mission trip. Came back and uh, several weeks later, um, developed acuteness, shortness of breath, and ended up passing away. She had a massive pulmonary embolism, right? Which again, and so she had risk factors like because I, I, I totally forgot being pregnant uh, puts you at an increase for developing clots, right? So she was pregnant. She had a long flight, um, so she had a couple different things that added to uh, her risk. And again, just because you're pregnant, no one's putting you on blood thinner medication, right? Just because you're about to go fly on a plane, no one's putting you on blood thinner medication. It's just one of those things that we know that there is a risk if you happen to have some of these factors there, right? Yeah, that just remind me uh, uh, because of it. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Neon Dion here. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Someone said he walked away from uh, Jackson State, big mistake. Yeah, no, and, you know, we'll, we'll cut in football. Yeah, I think, again, you know, side of, like I said, I, you know, I'm a Florida, if you didn't catch earlier, I'm a Florida State fan, right? So I want I want the alumni of my favorite school, and I, I went to Florida State as well, uh, to do well, right? But uh, I, I, it's going to be a a very uphill battle at Colorado. It's going to be a very uphill battle up there. Um, especially in that Pac-12, where you already got USC, Oregon, you like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a very tough, humbling season for him, uh, for sure. But hope hopefully he does well in the end uh, from that standpoint. So that's what we're going on. Yeah, we're just talking about Deion Sanders. Um, he had recent uh, surgery uh, due to what what I have to believe is likely post thrombotic syndrome from uh, blood clots in his legs. Well, let's see, yeah. He won't be able to tap dance. Oh, uh, you all, you you. Well, we got some funny people here, funny funny people. <laughs> uh, feet swell very badly, and I have to wear compression. Uh, yep. So, and I can't. I can't even see the damage to me. Okay, so Joe. Uh, and I'm missing, I missed your first message, Joe. But I think uh, we have someone t- talked about how um, you know he has to wear compression stockings, and he was kind of developing the pain and discomfort. Dealing with DVTs, right? Because, like I said, I think a lot of times we in medicine we throw out terms that you know, like like oh, you know, you just have DVT, oh, you just have high blood pressure, oh, you just have high cholesterol, and you know, we don't really stress the severity of it. And uh, Joe said the best, right? Especially this portion right here. He said, um, "Did damage to the veins in my cast." Because what typically happens, and again, you know, we, uh, you know, y'all not here for uh, pathophys. Uh, Lecture by what typically happens is that their venous system, the veins, send blood flow back to the heart, right? That's what it does. But if you have a clot there, right, now those vessels can't do that. So, like, just imagine, like, I got so much pressure above me, right, trying to push blood flow back. But that clot is right there and it's not allowing me to do it. And essentially what typically occurs is that you have breakdown of these uh, veins and that's how you get the swelling. Right. Because now all of a sudden blood flow that normally pulls from the feet, go back up to the heart, can't go nowhere. So it just kind of it kind of just kind of sits there, sits there. Then you get that swelling occur. And unfortunately, there's no way to reverse it. Right, especially when it's done its thing, there's really no way to even after your body breaks down the clot. Like so, even when the clot is gone, the damage is already done. So that's what uh, Joe is kind of mentioning as far as the damage to his veins uh, from, from that perspective. There. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, MJ says she had to go to the hospital. Uh, whole lung was occluded. Yes. Yes. No. It's 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 severe. It is severe. Right. Again, I think a lot of times. Um, and a lot of times the, the onus of DVT gets pushed on to the fact that it can cause a PE, a pulmonary embolism, right? So the deep vein thrombosis, when we talk about it and the way we talk about it, we're always scared that it can cause, cause and let me show you. If you go to the hospital right now, you get diagnosed for a DVT, they are scanning your lungs. You are not leaving that building without someone scanning your lungs. Because again, like I said, DVT lawyer, woo, a million people pop up. A million people pop up. They don't want that. So if they diagnose you with a DVT, regardless of what and how you got a DVT, we are going to check your lungs because we want to see has that DVT moved up and, you know, kind of did a stop at your lungs. Right. We're going to make sure that's not the case, uh, because, again, that could now, again, just because you have the DVT and you have the P doesn't mean like, oh, you definitely need surgery, but. You know, we're going to make sure that that's not the case for sure. So, And that's always the most fatal aspect of a DVT is that it can go up to the lungs. Now, not to say that what the surgery Dion had, he could avoid it. Because if he's telling me that he's having less blood flow, more pain, and we already know he has significant clot burden, we're doing surgery as well because guess what can happen? You can have an amputation. So imagine losing your, your foot and your leg because of a DVT, a blood clot. You don't want that to happen. Nobody else wants that to happen. Surgery has to go, right? So that's why he had to have the emergency surgery uh, to, to get that done. Uh, yes, Stacey, he is back at practice. You know, Dion, uh, if, if we know Dion, like if you, especially if you follow Dion, we knew that he was not going to allow that surgery to stop him from getting into work. And because I know Dion, I don't know him, but like, you know, I, he, I follow him because um, he was he was. Florida State, and he went to my favorite team, South, San Francisco 49ers, right? So uh, I've been following him forever, right? Must be the money, right? Depending on how old you are, that's a good reference. If you're young, you don't even know that reference, which is crazy to me, but hey, I got gray hairs for a reason. Um, yeah, like, Dion's going to not only be at practice, but he's going to use the surgery as motivation to get those kids to work, right? Like I said, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Dion does good this year. I looked at that schedule, it just don't look like he will, <laughs> from that standpoint. Uh, Ms. B said, I had a, a knee replacement, and I had a risk for a blood clot. Yeah, so any anytime you've had a surgery, uh, your risk, and now typically, now let me say this, now typically, especially when we talk about the surgeries, usually there's a time frame. Like, if you had a knee replacement 10 years ago, I'm not going to say that, all right, that's going to make you at an increased risk for getting it. But if you had a knee replacement six months ago, and now you're telling me your leg is swollen, your leg is pain. All right, boom, boom. I'm I'm blaming the knee surgery. So there is like a time now. There's no exact science to it. But if you had again, you had knee surgery ten years ago, I'm not necessarily blaming that knee surgery for you having a blood clot today. Right, you know, that's usually the case here. But it always is a concern anytime you have any type of surgery for sure. Let's see here. So oh, so Keith, now Keith, I like Keish right? So Keish asked a very good she says a very good thing, right? Dion's issues are with his arteries, right? Circulation, clog narrowing of the arteries. And the reason why that's important, now mind you, I had my I had my hat on, my conspiracy hat on. Because of course, the you know the media and everything else is talking blood clot, blood clot, blood clot. You don't typically get blood clots in the arterial system, the pressure is too high there. But you typically don't need surgery for the venous system. You typically don't. Now, again, like I said, there is those cases where you the, the venous system can get so blocked up that it's causing poor blood flow and it's causing surgery. So there is that case there. But typically, especially because they were talking like, oh, he needs amputation. When we talk about amputation, amputation is usually the arterial side, right? So shout out to Kishish or Keshkes, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, it's usually that side, so that's usually the concern. I was concerned with you. I was like, "Oh, is this is this an artery issue?" Uh, because ain't, ain't clots in the world gonna save you if if you've got bad arteries. So that's why I'm hoping uh, it's the venous system. I'm hoping it's, it's, you know they're able to kind of again remove the clots, get that blood flow flowing uh, accordingly. Because if it's the arterial system, you know that's a whole nother discussion, right? Um, peripheral arterial disease. And the risk factors associated with proof of arterial disease could literally be a whole separate lecture. Y'all not y'all not on TikTok to hear lectures, uh, but like it could be, you know, that's what I do. Um, but that could be a whole separate lecture. So I was definitely uh, with Keish Keish or Kesh I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly. Uh, and thinking that like, oh, this might be the arterial system. But at least from what they're telling us, again, like I said, they ain't, we don't know no business. But from what they're telling us, the concern... Likely is on, on the venous side uh, from that standpoint. There, uh, let's see. Someone said they had hypertensive encephalopathy. Um, uh, oh, can, oh, can I give something? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can always we can do it quickly. So hypertensive encephalopathy, right? So there's two words, right? There is hypertensive, aka your blood pressure significantly elevated, and encephalopathy. Encephalopathy is a very cool way for us to say altered mental status. It's a very cool way to say ultimate status. So, in plain terms, uh, your mother in law had uncontrolled blood pressure that caused her to be confused. Uncontrolled blood pressure caused her to be confused, right? And the reason why, because if you're, let's say all of our, I'm, I'm hoping all of our blood pressures are normal on this chat. I'm hoping y'all go to your local publics, CVS's. You're actually checking your blood pressure. Right? I'm hoping y'all do that. I'm hoping y'all not just walking by it and then walking around this world out here not knowing if you have high blood pressure or not, because that could be a whole. That just if you just do a go to if you go to my YouTube page or my my website, I talk about hypertension all the time. Right, it could be a problem. Um, but the problem is, is that when your body cannot deal with uh, the amount of blood pressure, uh, let's say it goes from 140 up to 200. You start getting confused because you would think like, oh, my pressure is high. But guess when your pressure is high, guess what? You actually have less blood flow to the areas, right? Less blood flow to the areas of the brain, your brain starts acting very confused and it starts becoming a very high risk for stroke, right? So that's essentially what happened. Uh, uncontrolled blood pressure causing confusion, aka encephalopathy um, in that regard. So it's extremely important. She, she has to be very mindful of her blood pressure and because hypertension uh, is typically a genetic factor. You know, people who are related to her need to make sure they're checking their blood pressures as well. Let's see here. Yeah, someone said, someone said that he pretty sure he lost a, a blood clot, uh, had total to a blood clot as well. Yeah, because he's had, and that's the thing. And, and that's why when we, when I talk about Kesh or Kishish, um, that's why I think it was arterial because typically, Typically, if you're losing toes, if they're cutting, because they they did cut, cut, I think, I forget how many toes. But if you're losing toes, that's usually an arterial issue. That's usually an arterial issue. They threw me off when they said he had to have these blood clots removed. Right. But usually poor circulation in the arterial side will cause amputations in the toes. And guess what? We just we kind of mentioned it. Guess what the number one, number two causes in the world for amputation, especially in this country, or well, definitely in this country for sure, hypertension, diabetes, right? Hypertension, diabetes. Those are the top two diseases that can lead you to have peripheral arterial disease, which can cause amputations, right? So again, but when he said blood clots, I said, okay, Dion, I'm a rock with you. I'm a rock with you. Uh, but I was definitely, like I said, I was definitely with Kish Kish thinking that this was a, uh, an arterial issue not the venous. Um, uh, Chris Jones says, uh, my dad died from a PE. He wouldn't go to the hospital until he started coughing up blood. Yeah, no, the 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 burden of the clot and, and especially good. And, and guys, it's not like it's like a huge clot, like the size of my fist going on. But the problem is, is that where when it affects the arterial system, guess what? The, the brain does the same thing. Brain says, hey, there's something going on with the lung. Go investigate. And in this investigation, guess what? That clot burden gets bigger, 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 which means more more of the area of your lung gets affected. And it essentially causes heart strain. So that is, that is definitely not an uncommon sequelae chest pain, chest discomfort, hemoptysis, a.k.a. coughing up blood uh, from a significant PE. Again, uh, rest, in, rest in peace, uh, Chris, uh, to your father. But that's definitely a complication uh, for sure. Um. Someone said I can ignore it all you want. I'm not sure what they want me to ignore. Um, oh, oh, this is a good question, right? So this is uh, a D-dimer. Ah. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Let's talk about the D-dimer. Now, this is just more more medical stuff, right? So someone said, "How accurate is a D-dimer test?" So what? More importantly, what is a D-dimer test? Right? A D-dimer test is a very cheap laboratory test we do in the hospital. We do it all the time um, when we have a concern that a patient may have a blood clot in the lungs. The problem, right, it's, and this is this is more of a biostats uh, issue, right? The d dimer is a very sensitive test, but it's not specific, right? Again, for my, and I have a Master's of Public Health too, right? Stats, folks, oh, you, you know exactly what I mean, right? This is, test is very sensitive, meaning that if it's elevated, yeah, there's a concern that you may have a blood clot, but it's also a concern that you can have a whole bunch of other things. And the reason why is because it's not very specific, right? Very sensitive, but not very specific. We want a test that is very sensitive and specific. Like if that test is positive, that means you have a blood clot in the lungs, right? That's when they typically do the CT angio, because that is a test that is sensitive and specific. The D-dimer, it's our cheap little test that say, hey, let me just throw the test out here. Because if that D-dimer is negative, it's a great predictive value that it's you likely don't have a clot. Because we know anything can kind of raise that d-dimer to go up. So if you got a negative d-dimer, the likelihood that you have a blood clot in the lung is extremely low, right? Not zero, right? Because again, remember, you know, DVT lawyer, a whole bunch of people pop up, right? So it's not zero, but with confidence, you could be like, you know what? Clinically, I didn't think this person had a clot, anyways. Now this d-dimer kind of confirmed it. You can kind of in your notes, you can kind of write enough to say. If, you know, if one of those lawyers pull you up, you say, hey, well, Dr. Pierre, how come you didn't do the CT angio? Well, this patient was breathing fine. Oxygen was 100 um, percent. You know, the heart rate was normal and the D-dimer is negative. So you had a lot more clinical evidence to say they likely don't have a clot, didn't have a clot. Right. So that's the D-dimer. Very sensitive test, but not very specific, which is a test that a lot of my attendings don't even like ordering because of all the things that could cause an elevated D-dimer. Um, <laughs> Oh, we still got people talking about the vaccine. Too funny. Uh, yeah. for, the, for the fun part of having pots is that half the symptoms uh so the fun part of having pots is you have half the symptoms for everything at any given moment. Yeah. POTS is and that's something like I've been meaning to uh really do a deep dive because I'm an internist, so I don't typically deal with a lot of patients um who have pots, right? A lot of that is my more, more, more of my rheumatology. Uh, colleagues, uh, but the patients I do deal with say this all the time, right? Like, if you ask them something, like if you're asking your serious questions during the history and physical, uh, there, you get a lot of yeses. So, you didn't have to say like, okay, all right, all right, like you're saying yes to everything, but for them, uh, it really be true. Now, let's see here. Uh, why are so many people getting blood clots? Not, uh, uh, we're not actually seeing... Um, you know, outside of COVID, right? <laughs> like if, if you're, if, you're if, we, if we take, if we say pre-pandemic, you're not having increased risk of people getting blood clots. Post-pandemic, the risk is due to COVID, right? It's, it's usually the, um, you know, the, the unfortunate, right? Because of COVID, COVID being around, people getting repeat infections over and over again, um, you are at increased risk for uh, developing clots, uh, for sure, but uh, very, very good question. Um, is heparin the best treatment for PE? So very good question. This, is, you, guys, you guys are killing it today with the, the questions, right? So is heparin the best treatment? So typically, reason why we use heparin, one, is that we're saying, hey, you know what? I need something in your system ASAP. So heparin is an IV drip-related medication that thins your blood. So heparin is one of these medications that if you walk into the hospital and I think you have a blood clot, or more importantly, let's say I diagnose you with a blood clot, I'm throwing you on heparin, but again, remember, I'm not throwing you on heparin to treat the PE. I'm throwing you on heparin to make sure that your body does not produce any more clots while we go to work. And when we say go to work, while we add different medications. So typically, um, by this time, you know, we're th- old school. We used to have heparin and medication called coumadin. We don't, we don't typically use coumadin if we don't have to no more because of the, all of those risk factors and side effects. At this time, we're using Eloquiz, Pradaxis, or well. also that's when those medications come about. But a lot of our docs will keep patients on heparin, especially if you have a PE. And if it's a significant PE, you may be on, um, heparin drip for about. 24, 48 hours because that doc wants to make sure your body doesn't produce any clots and it's kind of slowed that process down. Because the PE, the developing of the PE, developing of the DVT is this like accumulated process. It just, it keeps on moving. It keeps on moving. So you have to pump the brakes on the uh, body producing more clots until you get the right medication on there. So it's not a treatment, but it's more of the bridge to it, right? The, the treatment for a PE, especially from a drip formation, is actually called TPA, which is tissue plasmin activator or something like that. That's what we do for strokes. But if you have a significant enough PE, we will give you that medication at the clot to break it up uh, for sure. Uh, so, def- definitely a very good question. Uh, very good question. Yeah, factor 5 latent is definitely another, another risk factor um, for clots in, in and of itself. Uh, let's uh Make sure we like. I said, you guys have been doing great with the questions today. Very good, very good. Let's see here. Uh, let's uh, do, do, do. Oh, appreciate the stagnation. Someone's uh, looking great today. Then, uh, oh, oh, Millie. Oh, shout out to Millie. Uh, Millie says, uh, "Who is this person?" So, uh, Deion Sanders is a former alumni of Florida State, Go Knowles. Um, who is a and again? This is. Him here, who is a former, uh, he's probably, he's probably the top two, probably depending on who you're arguing with, uh, top two or three uh, cornerback in the NFL ever, right? So one of the best cornerbacks ever in college, one of the best, well, not necessarily college, his college, his, we've had actually better college cornerbacks, but that's a whole different discussion, um, but definitely NFL, one of the two best uh, college, I'm, I'm sorry, NFL cornerbacks. He is the current coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. He had Buffaloes, uh, but he used to be a former uh, coach for Jackson State, uh, HBCU. And, you know, he had to have emergency surgery to get clots removed because he had very poor blood flow. Some of us, right, shout out to Keshkash Keshe or Kish uh thinks it may be due to the arterial side. Some of us think that, you know, it's on the venous side. So uh, lots, lots of good conversations there. Uh, for sure. Oh, let's see. Jeff says we need to fix our diets. I agree. We always need to fix our diets. Like, and that's the thing too. We always need to fix our diets. Like it's, and I think that's the thing that's happened, especially with, we're just, you know, we're just sidebar to COVID that I think a lot of people, um, you know, want, want to believe that us healthcare providers, right. Only want to make you take a vaccine, Right. Like, we don't want you to exercise more. We don't want you to, um, you know, sleep better. We don't want you to eat right. Like, they make it seem like we only want you to take the vaccine. That's not the case, right? We want you to do it all, right? (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Let's see here. Let's see. Yeah, like, a lot of vaccine talk. Like I said, and and, uh, Millie, we talked about this earlier, right? We we had to talk about, uh, because we know, right? Uh, We know that a lot of people who are... Um, you know, afraid of the vaccine, right? Um, want to believe that this vaccine is this big boogeyman, right? And I tell them, I say, hey, if you are concerned about clots, like if clots are really what you're concerned about, there's this disease called COVID 19 that puts you at increased risk for clots, right? They don't, they don't, never seem to make the leap to be worried about COVID 19, but because they, they're so fixated on uh, the vaccine possibly causing clots, uh, from, from that perspective, there. Yeah. Uh, let's see uh, da, 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 make sure we, like, so we don't make sure make sure we're not missing anybody because y- y'all guys are moving all right uh, da, da, da. uh i'm not sure about the two ties uh yeah no he's uh yeah somebody, he's still good yeah, yeah he's coach he's already back he's already back he was he's already back at practice Dion is not Dion, Dion's coaching this season. If we know Dion, he's. And honestly, I feel like even if they had to amputate Dion's legs, he'd try to coach this season. Like, I just feel like that's Dion's mindset. Um, he'd be on there with the wheeler, like, trying to do it, right? Like, I think, I think that's just, you know, shout, shout out to Prime. <laughs> Let's see here. Make sure we don't miss anything out here. Like I said, you guys have been doing a great, great job as far as uh, the questions. Uh, You know, like I said, obviously, obviously, we knew, right? I I decided we shouldn't know, but we should have known. You know, this, uh, this, even when we talk about this, uh, people are gonna bring up the vaccine because people love talking about the vaccine. (laughs) They love it again. Like I said, the vaccine is their boogeyman. The vaccine is their boogeyman. I can't help it. And again, like I said, I made a a TikTok video. Again, a lot of y'all not y'all not scared of um, y'all not scared of COVID enough. It's weird to me. I don't know why, but y'all not scared of COVID enough. Uh, oh, someone said what are the first signs of toe loss or amputations? Usually, pain and poor blood flow, um, or discoloration of the toes um, due to diabetes. But like I said, it's diabetes, hypertension. Um, both of those being uncontrolled. But even worse, you can you can be rocking diabetes and blood pressure for decades and You know, you still eventually get to the point where, like, your blood flow is poor and you're eventually possibly needing it, right? So it's not necessarily like, oh, the diabetes was out of control and that's why they got amputated. A lot of times, you know, everything was rocking. They were taking their medication and doing everything they can, but just because of the way the disease works. And I I tell people all the time, especially in diabetes discussion, like, a lot of times when we hear diabetes, we only focus on the blood sugar, right? But diabetes is a very, very vascular disease, right? It's a vascular disease through and through, right? When we talk about diabetes, I'll go my diabetes soapbox. Um, uh, Number one, number two cause for strokes, number one or number two cause, depending on when you read it, for heart attacks. Um, Worldwide, uh, top three cause for blindness, uh, top three cause for putting patients on dialysis, top three cause for patients needing amputation. This is diabetes. This is the sugar disease, Right, so when when you factor that the sugar disease causes all of these problems in the um, I mean, oh, erectile dysfunction, right? Shout out to the men, right? Erectile dysfunction. Um, if your diabetes is uncontrolled, you will have erectile dysfunction. I want to stress that because you know, whatever, whatever I could do, um, we just finished, <laughs> we just finished on the YouTube page, um, on our YouTube channel, we just finished the men's series for health. Um, in fact, I think this week, this week, what am I talking about this week? I think this week, I even did a summary. Of the ten different diseases, let me let me, um, let me I'm make sure I make sure I have that correctly before I tell y'all a lie. Uh, but it's something like the ten. I forget what I titled it, uh, but essentially it's like the ten top diseases that men should be worried. About. Yeah, the t- top ten men's health issues that you should be worried about. Right. So, erectile dysfunction. I know. I know sexual health is always a big one that can get y'all uh, going the mood. Um, uh, Nancy is two courses away from graduate certificate in public health. Yeah, shout out to Team Public Health. Uh, in the building let's see here someone says too bad you can't sue pharmaceuticals yes you can i don't know i don't and I don't know where y'all got that lie of y'all can't sue farms these pharmaceuticals They're getting sued all the time right all the time they're getting sued um you may not get the money that you think you're getting uh but yeah you can definitely sue them. Uh, oh, oh, this is a very good question, right? So uh, AB says, uh, is flying after having a blood clot a bad idea? Typically, you want to make sure your doctors give you that clearance, especially if, let, let's say, you know, you get diagnosed with a blood clot on you know, Monday and you got a flight on Friday. You want to kind of make sure the cardiologist or the hematologist kind of gives you that thumbs up to say, OK, because obviously you're, you're going to be because you're not going to leave the hospital wherever you're at. Uh, Without the proper medications, anyways. So yes, you'll be protected, but you just want to make sure you got good clearance um, from from that perspective. There. Let's see. Uh, uh, My plate count was at three. I have no idea what caused it. Uh, I'm not sure either. Oh my god! This is what I got for new that. Yeah. Oh. Oh. AFib. That's that's a big one too. Um. Atrial fibrillation definitely increases uh your risk. Uh, so again, atrial fibrillation will increase your risk for developing clots. And we know if it increases your risk for developing clots, we kind of know the sequelae. If you can get clots, you can get DVTs. If you get DVTs, you get PEs. You can get a problem. So again, we're gonna throw you on that blood thinner to make sure uh we stop that uh for uh in the beginning uh. Let me, see, let me see here. Vince says Hank Aaron, Jamie Foxx, Dimes Prime, just name a few. Oh, I guess I guess Vince is insinuating that all these people got vaccinated. <laughs> like, it's, you know what's so funny, right? You know, because I'm about to get off in a second. Right? You know what's so funny about those who are um, scared of the vaccine, right? They're scared. I mean, they're like terrified of the vaccine. One, they won't acknowledge their fear. And they won't acknowledge that their fear comes from nowhere. Right, like they have no scientific, no scientific background to say what they fear. They don't, they don't heard someone say it on a TV show or one of their uh, favorite bloggers and said some dumb stuff. Right, so then they come just repeating it, and they don't even realize how silly they sound repeating it. Right, Mm -hmm. Uh, but again, it really is just fear. Like, and I understand, right? I understand if you've been fearful of the medical system, uh, and like I said, medical system ain't a saint. You know, I'm black. Right. So the medical system ain't a saint. It's done the black folks. Right. Terrible harm since the beginning. Right. So I understand if you got this irrational fear for it. Right. Because it has a history of doing as bad. So if it has a history of doing as bad, I can understand why you may not trust it. Right. But if you don't trust it, just say, hey, yeah, doc, I don't trust that. Right. Don't get on here and say that, oh, it causes a to do it because then, then you don't sound very smart. Right, that's one thing. One thing. I don't want people. Um, I, if I don't know something, I'm not gonna say it. Right, because I don't want people to assume that I ain't that smart. Right, but when I say stuff, right, and then I just kind of let it out. Now I'm like, oh yeah, he ain't that smart. Right, like that's that's typically uh, uh, the case. Right here. hear. <laughs> uh, let's see. As uh, I'm gonna say, COVID isn't scary. Yeah, like I said, this like person right here. I said he said COVID isn't scary. COVID. Think about it. Let's let's. I haven't I haven't looked up these numbers. Let's see here. I haven't looked up the numbers in a while. It's been a while, especially once the states start stopped um, reporting it, then it's very difficult to get like accurate numbers. Uh, but typically, we keep a nice little wor- the worldwide tracker is pretty good. Uh, let's uh, let's see how we're doing worldwide here. So here in the United States, um, we have uh, one point one million people die. Right? So imagine, right? Like, first, we've, first of all, we've had a total of 691 million cases of COVID, right? People not scared of that. Um, we've had 6.8 million people die. People not scared of that. Here in the United States, 107 million got COVID, number one. 1.1 million died, number one. They're not scared of that. They're scared of the boogeyman of the vaccine, right? These are the people we don't take serious, right? It is, it is. We don't take them serious. Right. If you not. Now, mind you, 1.1 million. I want y'all. Right. Do your homework. Right. Because y'all y'all are good at looking at stuff. Right. I want y'all to look up how many deaths the flu caused in the past 10 decades. Remember, I said 10 decades. I want you to look up how many people has the how, how many people has the flu, like just the flu we talk about every year, killed. In the last 10 decades, and then I want you to tell me in comparison to that 1.1 million, right? But they're not afraid of that, right? They're afraid of the boogeyman of the vaccine, right? Too funny. Um, I don't know any updates on Jamie Fox. I think his family, will, you know, rightfully so, has been very, you know, kind of keeping it to themselves as far as what happened. Um, I think, you know, whenever, you know, whenever Jamie, you know, wants to let us know what went down, um, he'll let us know what went down. But uh, yeah, I don't have anything uh, from that perspective there. Uh. (laughs) Ah. All right, before I go, before I go, let's, uh, let's highlight this, right? Let's highlight this, right? So as a person who writes the death certificate, right, or fills in the death certificate, right? This person says, my friend died. It's always a random person. My friend died in a motorcycle crash, and they marked him dead by COVID, right? First of all, like, why would they do that? Like, what, what... Let me show, And again, it's because I know y'all don't actually know nothing about death certificates or how they get filled out that y'all can say that stuff and then y'all just hoping, right, that someone's not intelligent enough to say like, oh, this makes zero sense in the world, right? There is zero reason for a person who is in a motorcycle crash, right, to then become tested for COVID and if they come tested for COVID for someone like me to write number one COVID, like there's zero reason. I'm going to put trauma, Right, I'm gonna put like there's zero reason. But again, because they don't know no better and they're afraid of the boogeyman, right? <laughs> they're afraid of the boogeyman. They say it's gotta be COVID, right? It's gotta be, always oh, it's COVID. It's, it, 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 we're marking everything as COVID because we somehow get paid for it, right? Too funny, right? All right, <laughs> all right. That's the last one. We're not like I said. We're not gonna give them too much energy. We're not gonna give them too much energy from that. So, all right, guys. I appreciate y'all. Y'all been y'all been great uh, this week. Lots of great questions. Um. If you have any, like, topics that you think we should touch on, because typically we do this every Thursday evening. Um, Like I said, today we just i saw this article. I said, oh, you know, let's talk about blood clots. We haven't talked about blood clots in a while. Um, But if y'all want to talk about hypertension, high cholesterol, diabetes, whatever, I'll find an article that kind of highlights it. Or we'll just kind of just shoot the breeze from there. Um, But y'all be blessed. Y'all have a great evening. Stay safe. And remember, right, <laughs> remember, right, do not be afraid of the boogeyman of... Uh, the COVID vaccine, right? If you're just afraid, just say you're afraid. it will be much easier if you just say uh, you're afraid. Y'all be blessed. Y'all talk to you. Oh, someone said hypertension? All right, we'll talk about hypertension next week. Talk to y'all later. Bye.